You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. This is OPP 178 with Roy Krebs, who is the friend of mine, co-founder, product developer, CEO of Natural Stacks. And you guys have heard him before when uh, when I first started to, when I took over the podcast uh, six months ago or so. And today we're going to talk about the real star of the show, which is Brain Biotic. And we're going to talk into the details about how it was that that Roy was able to work and and actually formulate a probiotic supplement that it, that was specifically targeted for emotional health and brain health uh, for cognitive ability but i think that the reason why you should buy this product i think the reason why this is such a high quality product is because all of the products that natural stacks puts out are quality you can figure out where they're coming from you can trace the source you know exactly what's in which supplement and that's why in the world of probiotic supplements where you're looking at you know 150 billion strains packed into a sort of a uh, another probiotic supplement that that more is not necessarily better there are other things that come into consideration when taking a probiotic supplement such as uh, what's its shelf life? Is it still good? Does it need to be refrigerated? And the guys at Natural Stacks have managed to create a supplement that not only doesn't need to be refrigerated and can last two years, it will still be able to deliver the potency two years down the road. And the reason why you should buy this probiotic product versus other probiotic supplements is because the way that natural stacks operates is transparently and with a high code of ethics and so this product if you take your siltap or your serotonin brain food and you love the mycoimmune and the becaa or whatever it is that you love from natural stacks you're going to love this too and of course naturally get it naturally we have uh we have a special offer and the special offer is brain 20 brain 20 for 20 percent off uh, your first order of brain biotic. It's a killer product. It's it, it, We get into the differentiation in this podcast of uh, the gut-brain connection, the brain-gut connection, how probiotics work, what's the difference uh, in the different probiotic strains. This could very easily get convoluted and confusing, but it's not. This episode is illuminating and interesting, and uh, no matter what it is that you're dealing with in your life, there's a really good chance that by increasing your gut health, you will feel better. Uh, whether it's skin stuff, whether it's constipation, weight management, even vaginal health, there are uh, there's a lot of information out there and Roy does a really good job of explaining and demystifying some of the stuff that's going on in the probiotic world. So as always, please listen, give me your feedback, find me on Instagram, it's Sean Mac McCormick, follow me. Uh, I'm a coach, a performance coach, a float center owner, and uh, a biohacker. And so I'm just a dude trying to do a really good podcast for you guys. And I really appreciate all the feedback that you've given me uh, over the course of the last six months. It means a lot to me to hear from you guys and say, hey, I really love what you're doing. Hey, here's an idea. Please, I want to engage with you guys. Um, I'm one of you. And if you're listening to this, then you're into the same stuff I am. 
and uh, maybe we could share. So without further ado, we launch into episode 178 of the Optimal Performance Podcast with Roy Krebs. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we are joined by CEO and co-founder of Natural Stacks, Mr. Roy Krebs. Roy, how's it going, man? Sean, doing great. Happy to be on the show again. Excellent. Yeah, for, for those of us who who have been following Natural Stacks and been involved and, and fans of the products, they're going to know you from the website and the videos and, and a podcast appearance. But for those of the, you, you that don't, Roy has his hands in all of these products that you love and that you take. And um, the the thrust of today's episode is going to be exclusively devoted to a really exciting product um, that's out now. And uh, it's uh, the emails in your inbox. But before we jump into that, as we always do, Roy, what have you eaten today? It's two o'clock Pacific Standard Time. What is in your body? (laughs) The only thing I've consumed today was a bulletproof coffee this morning. So Coffee, MCT oil, and butter. Uh, ooh, probably about eight a.m. So it's it's been going on for a while. After this, I will eat something. Nice. So you're still you're still fasted. Still fasted. And what uh, what about supplements? What sort of supplements have you taken today? Supplements: Siltep, dopamine, brain food, vitamin D three, Myco Boost, and I think that's it. Okay. Well, I got you beat then because uh, today I've taken, I've had uh, the Bulletproof coffee. I have uh, Siltep, uh, Myco Boost, uh, Curcumin, Krill Oil, D3, Acetylcholine Brain Food, and uh, uh, Vitamin C. Nice. So I've been taking the Curcumin and C in the evening, part of my nighttime stack. And then the acetylcholine I've been using kind of mid-morning or mid-afternoon, depending on the work. And so I, I think the acetylcholine is great for, for kind of like a busy work or if you're multitasking with a lot of different things, it, I see that it really helps just kind of really dial in that focus. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I think of the acetylcholine brain food as um, uh, a... Um, specific sort of linear, uh, laser, laser sort of focus, you know, um, um, the siltap and, um, really helps for sort of, you know, mental, mental wellness and, um, sort of breadth of knowledge, sort of scope of knowledge. But I really like this acetylcholine brain food when I know that I've got something really specific and focused to do so. And, and I usually work, I do most of my hard work and most of my focused work in the first half of the day. So when, when I've got days like this where I'm recording podcasts or doing projects, I, I take it in the morning. Yeah. Nice. So we're going to talk today about, about a new product, the, uh, brain biotic. And as a, as a, as a fan of, of consuming probiotics and also taking the, the prebiotic plus on the evening time, I know that this is, this is really the future of, 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 
of supplementation. I think that the more we know about the gut-brain connection, the more we will see uh, products um, specifically helping that, that connection. So give us sort of an overview of why, uh, why you wanted to develop uh, a probiotic for the brain. Yeah. So, and this product's been a long time in the making and I've uncovered a, a lot of things about the probiotic industry in general, but also learned how the gut brain connection really worked. So I wanted to, to review all the things that I found when developing this product. I uh, wanted to develop a probiotic just because um, there's some exciting research coming out now that specific strains benefit specific conditions or specific have specific benefits for specific parts of the body. Um, whereas in the past, it's all about CFU count and how many probiotic cultures can I put in one supplement? And it's just kind of a random blend of 10 or 15 different probiotics. But the science is starting to show that it really matters which strains you're choosing, not just a blanket approach of a bunch of different probiotics because different strains do very different things in the gut. So I wanted a product that really supported this gut-brain connection so that we can improve brain health by improving gut health. Yeah. You know, and we've had, you know, we've we've had several guests on the podcast explain that gut-brain connection um in in with with really great detail. How do you what's what's a what's sort of a general conception for those of us that, that don't, that aren't hip to the gut brain connection? How, how do you think about it? How, how, how do you characterize that sort of gut, gut brain connection? And as far as you know it, I think the way to think about it is it's all one system. Um, the gut and the brain, I think it as, as one organ, um, they very much influence each other. And, or you could think of, you know, the gut as just a second brain and communicating each other that way. Yeah, right. Well, not to mention that the, you know, that there's implications that the gut influences our our mood and our behavior and it influences our uh, our sort of temperament and even our personality, um, which is not not only if if you would have said this five years ago, people would be like, "You're crazy." The, like, you're gonna tell me that that the that the uh, the probiotics, the the little alien cooties living in your gut, are gonna give you a certain personality. But but the the research is pretty clear, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's very clear now that the gut directly communicates with the brain, and so this happens on in multiple different ways. One is through the vagus nerve which goes, it's nerve signals uh, straight from your gut to your brain. And these transfer neurotransmitters are the main thing. So this is neurotransmitters going up and down the vagus nerve from the brain to the gut and produced in the gut going to the brain. And this is through the nervous system. And this happens fairly immediately. Um, the other way is through the endocrine system. And this goes through the bloodstream. So this is more of a long-term thing it will happen over time that the gut produces certain hormones and inflammatory cytokines and different molecules which then get released into the bloodstream which end up in the brain through the blood-brain barrier so those are the two main systems the endocrine system and the nervous system on how the gut and brain communicate with each other 
and it's 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 obviously you know products like this that we're going to unpack really clearly and we're going to talk about the different specific strains and what they do but i think i think before we even dig into the detail it's worth mentioning how important um and and how how wrecked most of most of our guts are i mean um if you've taken um thinking back to the, to the to the guests um like Christine Roche that we've had where she explained that you know if you take a antibiotic for an ear infection or whatever if you take a pro, uh, an antibiotic even if you have a, a rich flora a really healthy gut and you've got you know you've got all the all the right probiotics in, in your stomach and you've got you've got all the good cooties in there that that are keeping you keeping you healthy if you take a a a cycle of antibiotics your gut is likely wrecked and sent out of whack for six months and if you don't and if you sort of eat the traditional food pyramid westernized diet that it could mess you up for a year or more just one cycle and and Anybody who's listening to this is thinking back like, oh my gosh, when is the last time? Damn it, when is the last time I had I, I had antibiotics? And so there there is just this massive need for, for replenishing, isn't there? Yes, and so antibiotics are probably the biggest problem and they're very common today to treat illness, but it's not only just to treat illness, you might be consuming antibiotics from meat products that those cows and those pigs were fed antibiotics. So we are consuming more antibiotics than we ever have before. And so antibiotics not only wipe out that bad bacteria that you're trying to get rid of, but they also wipe out all the good bacteria. And, and you mentioned it, but there's actually, I've seen studies showing that a single course of antibiotics can permanently alter your gut flora. Whoa. So, so yes, you're right, can definitely wreak havoc for six months to a year, but it can also permanently change what's going on in your gut flora. So if you are in a position where you have to take some antibiotics, you want to take a therapeutic uh, large dose of very high quality probiotics for a couple months, at least I would say, uh, right after consuming an antibiotic. You really need to focus on growing those good gut bacteria quickly so you don't get an imbalance of bad bacteria again. Yeah. Well, and I think most of us know that we can get probiotic uh, from our foods, we kefir, kimchi, sauerkraut, and I know that you and I are both. We had a we had a conversation not too long ago about um, having to eat our kimchi outside because our 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 wives and kids are grossed out by it. Um, yes, but uh, but but. That might not a it might not be enough. Likely, it's not enough. And b it might not be the right sort of probiotics that we need that are uh, that are specifically targeted. And and for the listeners of this podcast, you know, if you're listening to this, you're a high performer and you're interested in in not not just maintaining but but optimal performance. And so, enter uh, enter this new product. So tell us tell us a little bit about. Um, I'm just curious about the process. How do, how, how, what was the process? You said it took a long time to put together, like unpack that for us. Yeah, I think I'll wait a little bit to go into that because I first want to really talk about the gut and the brain connection and, and focus more on that because there's so many interesting studies that are out and then we'll go into developing the product and how we 
chose these specific strains. Yeah. Uh, but first, I think since we were talking about antibiotics, I think it'd be good to also review, you know, what else besides antibiotics can be detrimental to your gut, to your gut bacteria. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's not just antibiotics, uh, poor diets, environmental toxins and stress, uh, specifically can all wreak havoc on your gut. And so these, um, specifically the poor diet and environmental toxins can slowly wear down the protective barriers of your intestinal walls. Um, and this is called something, they say it's leaky gut. And it can be caused by foods, heavily processed foods, preserved foods um, with you know, artificial ingredients, uh, unnatural chemicals, toxins. These can all damage your gut health slowly over time. And also foods that have shown to cause damage, uh, gluten, processed meat products, sugar, alcohol, um, and also mold toxins, which is on certain types of foods. Uh, but then besides the diet and, you know, environmental, it's stress um, yeah. and sleep. And, and these things, you know, stress triggers the release of certain neurotransmitters and pro-inflammatory cytokines that I mentioned. And these, these influence your gut in all sorts of ways and mess with your digestive health and can lead to serious, you know, disorders. Um, now, most of this stuff happens over time, but like I said before, your brain and gut do communicate via the nervous system and it can happen almost immediately. So the gut communicating to the brain, you might notice that you feel certain ways after you eat certain things. Um, or if you feel a little bit down or depressed, if you have some irregular digestion, some IBS, or... Um, if you felt tired after having some diarrhea, this, this is the gut communicating how it's feeling to the brain and the brain reacting. Um, now the brain going to the gut, these are, these are something that people can understand a little more easily. So if you've ever felt butterflies, most people have felt, you know, this feeling of your stomach's a little bit upset. They call it butterflies when you're nervous. Um, so this is your brain feeling nervous and that's communicated to your gut and your gut's having a reaction, very clear signal that your brain is communicating to your gut butterflies. Also nauseous when you're worried, uh, inflamed when you're angry, this is something people don't think about, but it's, it's very common inflammation. When you have anger, this is your gut reacting to your brain. So these examples make it pretty clear for someone to understand, wow, you know, there, there's definitely a connection between the gut and the brain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've all experienced one or two of those at least just in the last week, you know, like, uh, yeah, the butterflies, the gut ache, the, you know, the sort of like stomach pain when you're, when something really stressful happens. Yeah. That's, a, that's a, the, the, the brain gut connection. Yeah. That is more clear. Right. So the brain can influence things like, like weight gain, uh, just gut health in general, bowel movements, um, and it, that microbial balance in your gut is, is controlled by your brain in a lot of ways. And then the gut influences neurotransmitters, which then influences stress and anxiety and mood and behavior, all interconnected. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the environmental um, toxins. That, that, what, what are, give us a couple of examples of, of those. Pollution, air pollution, um, which could be you know, pollution from cars and, and CO2, but it could also be 
smoke from a, a nearby fire. Um, you know, you're, you're ingesting things that are not normal to your gut and your gut's going to have a reaction. What other, I'm trying to think of what other sort of like, you know, mold, um, mold in your mold. home, right? Yes. Like that's yep. one too. Um, this is, this is just maybe left field, but you know, I wonder if like EMF, um, has any sort of impact on, on it as well. Perhaps I have not seen any studies about that. Yeah. Um, what others, what other sorts of, um, what sort what other sorts of environmental factors? Cause I think, I think we have an opportunity to, to lay this out for people so that they, this is not supposed to be alarmist in any way, but just to like give people an idea of the things that they should, should be considering if they haven't already. You know, I think sugar is also another big one. You know, if you're, yeah, get, go get into that a little bit. Yeah. Sugar, which is, you know, ha- typically highly refined processed food in general, um, your, your gut is used to, is evolutionary designed to break down, you know, complex carbohydrates that, that have sugar in them. But when you're just throwing this refined sugar in your gut, um, your gut has to, the bacteria in your gut have to break that down. And it's, it has to overcompensate in a certain way to be able to break down that much sugar, which then can cause an imbalance. Right, right. So these are all, you know, these are, these are things that we should be, that we should be looking out for and, and taking into consideration and how we, you know, how we structure our lifestyle, really. I mean, this is, this goes to where do you live? What do you do for fun? How do you eat? How do you manage your stress? How do you sleep? Um, and now that we've, we've unpacked the brain gut, um, let's talk a little bit more about the gut brain connection. Right. So all these things, you know, influence your brain. And, and we know that through all of our other supplements and our, and our products that environmental diet stress influence your brain, but they also influence the gut, which then influence the brain. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's good to get the distinction that, um, if you have an imbalanced gut, you're going to have an imbalanced brain. Yeah. Right. You know, like if, um, you know, reactions to food that you eat, you know, uh, I think there's this, there's this, this process that I think probably many of us have, have been on, um, probably some folks for longer, but you know, you, when you are more diligent, whether you're eating for, ke- uh, for ketosis or you're eating, you know, uh, uh, primal or paleo, or if you've taken a break off sugar or gluten, once you tr- introduce that stuff back in, you are way more sensitive to the reactions um, that you get. And so you know, like I know that when I eat uh, a pastry, uh, my face goes flush, my 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 neck starts to get stiff, and I feel like the Incredible Hulk. Like I, you know, feel like running through a wall. Just have this this like flush of like panic. That's that's really unusual, and that that would suggest that's the gut brain connection. Yeah, that, that's an immediate reaction that your gut's having to this food that then sending signals all of your body, including your brain, on and changing your mood and how you feel. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, everyone, right, consumes some sugar and everyone consumes, you know, is exposed to some toxins. So, so how do you know if you have a gut bacteria imbalance? Um, and it, there could be some signs. The, the most common ones, I would say, um, if you're getting sick more frequently than, than everyone else, you know, if one of, 
everyone knows that person that's, you know, every month or two, they're, they're sick again. This could be an underlying problem with their gut. Um, or, or gaining weight, you know, even though you didn't change your diet or, or your lifestyle, you're just kind of gaining weight without really knowing why. You might not be, be breaking down foods in the right way because of your gut. Um, but then it can cause things like breathing difficulties, uh, stuffy nose, respiratory, skin problems like acne, um, enzema. And then, uh, of course, the digestive issues is a pretty clear signal that you have something wrong with your gut, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, uh, more gas than normal. And then uh, it could also affect your, your joints and, and kind of muscular aches and pains that, that aren't quite normal. And then, and then, yeah, getting into more of the, the brain things, uh, depression and anxiety and, and difficulty concentrating, all are warning signs that you might have an imbalance in your gut. And what should the what what should be the first thing that someone does once they you know let's say they this is all news to them and they're like oh well, yeah I do I do get sick or I do you know my joints do hurt like what what you're not a doctor and I'm not a doctor but what what are some things that somebody can do right away to help mitigate uh you know or to help repair uh, a, a gut imbalance right and the first thing I would do is some sort of elimination diet or elimination life <laughs> where, you know, you're trying to figure out, okay, here's what I'm eating. Here's what I'm exposed to on a regular basis. Here are the things that might be causing problems and just eliminate them, you know, for, from your diet for a week, for two weeks and see if that, if that starts to correct the problem. Um, you know, it's usually not as easy as, Oh, it's just, just take a, a probiotic and you're going to feel better the next day. These are, if you're starting to have these problems, it's likely that you have a, a pretty bad imbalance that's going to take a little bit of work to, to overcome. Uh, so that's figuring out what caused it originally, eliminating, trying to eliminate all those things, and then, yes, supporting your gut with healthy prebiotics and probiotics. Yeah. And let's make that distinction too. I think it's since you said prebiotics and probiotics, and it, again, some, some folks are going to know the difference, but can you, can you explain to us the difference between a probiotic and a prebiotic? Yes, so, so probiotics are live bacteria, and prebiotics are food for probiotics. So prebiotics are uh, resistant starches. These are found in certain vegetables, and uh, yeah, certain vegetables, potatoes, inulin, artichoke, uh, cooked and cooled rice, cooked and cooled potatoes, bananas, uh, there's quite a few foods that have some some of this resistant starch prebiotic content. And so this resistance means that it's resistant to digestion and it travels all the way down to your small intestine and your colon intact. It hasn't been digested yet. And there the gut bacteria are able to break it down and it's serving as food for probiotics. So that's simply put, prebiotics are food for probiotics. Yeah. And so, yeah, healthy gut bacteria, you know, require something to eat and, and the healthy things to eat. So if you're filling your, your gut with processed meat and uh, processed sugar, that's not healthy food for your probiotics to be eating. Prebiotics are healthy food and help cultivate the good bacteria. 
Yeah. And, and like I do as part of my, as part of my evening routine stack is, is a, is a scoop of the prebiotic plus, you know, I try, I try to potato salad has become a thing at my house. Um, you know, it's, it's, it, it tastes, it tastes good. If you do it right, if you actually use spices and seasoning, it, it tastes good. But, uh, yeah, the prebiotic plus, um, taken in the evening time and, and I've described it this way. Um, for, for me, the way that I experience it is that it's, um, once, you know, 15 or 20 minutes after I take the prebiotic plus, I start to feel almost a cooling in my, in my, in my gut. Like I, uh, this is, you know, an hour or two after dinner and, and then, you know, half hour after I take the prebiotic plus, I feel this sort of like this sort of settling in my tummy and this sort of cooling factor that also is is really relaxing and um uh, you know in in conjunction with the with the the probiotics that I get from my from my diet I think they really work in tandem and overnight like I get I get better sleep with that prebiotics yeah absolutely and that's I think the sleep effect is happening because a lot of GABA the neurotransmitter and serotonin are producing your gut and feeding your gut prebiotic is a sure way to to make sure those healthy, good gut bacteria are doing their thing, and doing their thing means producing these neurotransmitters. Yeah, yeah. I have some notes here. Uh, there, there's been some amazing studies, and just these are all recent. Like all these studies are within the last couple of years. But I have a couple of my notes that I like to I like to note because they just display this powerful connection of the gut and the brain. Yeah. Um, there's this one study that. Patients with bipolar disorder who took probiotics were 74% less likely to be rehospitalized compared to placebo. 74%. This was shocking to me. Um, you know, these are this is a serious disease, bipolar, and just by taking probiotics, this study showed that 74% of these people were less likely to be rehospitalized. So obviously, doing a massive amount of good there. Um, you know, and it's not just bipolar, but um, ADHD and uh, even autism and some of these other things have been linked to gut health and a lot of they don't really understand that you know what causes what and the connections but they are now understanding that these disorders are caused are, are started in the gut um, another very interesting study was they took poop they took the fecal bacteria from depressed humans and transferred that to rats and the rats became depressed <laughs> whoa yeah nuts uh, another one another rat study which is super profound like this one was these pregnant mice who encountered stress during their pregnancy that stress changed the microbiome of the pregnant mouse Okay, and and in the vagina too. So, so when that mouse gave birth, that altered gut bacteria was transferred to the gut microbiome of the offspring, and so this altered bacteria from the stress that the mother had when she was pregnant was reflected in the gut bacteria of the offspring. And not only that, this different bacteria affected the way that that offspring responds to stress in adulthood. So, uh, so there's a, 
a lot there, but just stress completely changed the microbiome of this pregnant mouse. And that microbiome was, was, you know, transferred over, reflected to the offspring, which then changed that offspring response to stress when it was an adult. And the implications of that, of course, are this, this past, this, the, if, if, if you're not taking care of your stress levels and you're not feeding, you're not, you know, taking advantage of, of probiotics and, and consuming it to help, help your stress, to help that connection, it could literally have implications on your kids for the rest of their life. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's, it's crazy. And these, all these studies were just shocking to me. So I definitely wanted to share and it, they're all, there's new studies like this coming out on almost a daily basis, which is very exciting. Um, but yeah, we know that this chronic stress alters the microbiome. And then once the microbiome is altered, it worsens your response to stress in the future. So it's a downward spiral, um, you know, stress messes up your microbiome, which then messes up your your response to stress. So um, you definitely want to catch these things early if you're noticing. Um, another couple interesting studies here. One, this was done on chimpanzees, but it showed that social behavior, uh, frequent social behavior in chimpanzees changed their gut biome compared to chimpanzees, which were more loners. So frequent social act interaction actually changed the microbiome. So, yeah, so this was another clear signal to me that, Hey, this is, you know, the brain clearly talking to the gut and, and the gut responded. And that's just, that's just normal inter. I mean, that's just interaction in between. I mean, that's just social behaviors having an effect on the gut. I, I mean, that's, that's profound. Yeah, absolutely. And and maybe it's maybe that comes down to being more social increases, you know, your serotonin, which then right. goes down your vagus nerve and then changes something in your gut. So it could be something like that. Um, an- another study that I thought was super interesting was healthy women. These are humans that had a prevalence of one type of bacteria in their gut felt less anxious, less stress, less irritable after looking at negative images compared to placebo. So this is kind of funny to think about. We don't know what negative images they were exposing these poor women to, but women, they found that a group of women that had different gut bacteria responded to those images differently. (laughs) I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. I mean, (laughs) I mean, what, 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 what's the process? What's the, I mean, what's the, 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 just seeing, yeah, seeing something scary or stressful, to, um, if you don't have the right, do, did it say what type of bacteria? I have to look up the study. I think it was just that they had a prevalence of, um, yeah, one or two different types of bacteria in the gut that this other group did not. And yeah, it, it, it made them respond to these negative images better or, you know, less worse. So you know, the bacteria that you have in your gut can affect how you respond to all sorts of different situations. And I mean, and, and there's just, there's just thousands of these, right? Over the past, the past five years, you know, 
there's just there's just like you said there's a new study coming out every day what why why do you think it took science and medicine so long to sort of make these connections why is it suddenly over the past you know past five years or so why is it suddenly uh a popular topic to study do you have any idea i think it's just so complex and it's almost like the the next frontier you know where it there's been a lot of brain mapping and understanding of the brain over the last 10 20 years and now people are trying to get that same sort of understanding on the gut and it's just not there yet yeah yeah well and and i you know obviously my i jump to sort of generational nutrition practices right and and our grandparents uh ate real food our parents likely did not. I mean, um, and and the generations after, sort of the baby boomers and after, um, were were affected by you know glyphosate and Roundup and um, you know pesticides grown on food and and nutrient depleted stuff. And so you know I, I can speak from from experience too. Like my mother has had. Um, uh, diverticulitis for a long, long time, and um, uh, and I, I really do think that 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 effect that she's having in her in her in her stomach is a vicious circle, and and if she if she's not eating the right foods, it makes it worse and makes it worse, and 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 she's had a couple of you know hospitalizations in the last couple of years, you know, centered around her gut. She had blood in her belly; they didn't know where it was from. Um, and of course, you know, you go into the hospital and they give you antibiotics to help <laughs> sort that out. And, yeah. and, and it's sad because, because I don't think that doctors, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not trying to knock doctors, but I think that standard medicine now is just starting to understand the importance of this stuff. And, uh, they want to fix symptoms and the, the way to fix symptoms is, Oh, you know, we, we, we had, we cut you open cause we had to figure out what was going on with this bleeding in your belly. And because of that, we're going to put you on this strain of, of, uh, antibiotics for the next you know, whatever, two weeks or three weeks. And it's like, oh my God. And, and I told her, I said, mom, you've got to be just like slamming, slamming probiotics. You've got to be, you've, you've got to buy some probiotics. You've got to be eating uh, probiotics and food. So I, you know, went through the litany of, of uh, fermented foods that would help her. And, and she was like, I didn't, I didn't realize that you could help your, your gut while you were taking antibiotics. And, and, and and of course, as 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 you do, Roy, you've you've taken it one step further, and and you and and the rest of the Natural Stacks team, and myself included, you've taken it to the next step. You, you've 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 projected out um, to get out ahead of the curve on how to take a proactive approach to to getting your to getting your gut right um, as soon as possible. Yes, yeah, so. So kind of how you, you mentioned on probiotics are great. You know, the, the, you need probiotics in your gut. You, everyone has probiotics, but there could be maybe a, a wrong imbalance. And especially if you have some sort of disease or condition, um, you know, you can get outside probiotics from, from supplements, of course, but food sources, like you said, uh, you know, fermented milk products and fermented vegetables are the two main sources of food-based probiotics. So that's kimchi, sauerkraut, you know, fermented vegetables, and then um, milk products would, would be like yogurt. Uh, 
Um, but, you know, you're getting certain types of probiotic strains there where your specific condition or, or your specific microbiome might favor other probiotic strains. And that's where the future is going, is really dialing down these individual strains and what they do for you. Right. And that's like what Christ, what uh, Dr. Christine Roche does that we've had him before. She's getting, man, she's getting plugged on this podcast pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly relevant because yeah, you're right. If you can, if you can send in a sample, you do a swab, you send the sample in and they unpack it and say, oh my gosh, you've got, you've got too much of this and not enough of this. Here's what you should take. Here's a custom, here's a custom uh, plan for how to repair the the balance um, in your gut. This is how this is what you should do. You're right, but but we're still that's that's not common yet. That's not commonplace. Yeah, yeah. So we're 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 taking the steps in the right direction, though. Yeah, uh, I'd say in general. So so I guess let's go back to how do probiotics work? You know, what what do we talked about? What prebiotics do? What do probiotics do? So. Probiotics are beneficial, good probiotics are beneficial because the, I guess the easiest way to explain it, the easiest way to think about it is that they they crowd out the bad bacteria. Basically, if you put in a bunch of good bacteria, you're using up that space. You're using up the nutrients that would otherwise be used by this bad bacteria. So in a very simple way, you know, if you're, if you're filling up your gut with good bacteria, there's going to be less room for the bad stuff. So over time, you can crowd out the bad bacteria by if you know having some good bacteria in your gut um, very basic way to think about it another way is is that these probiotic strains secrete beneficial chemicals and molecules and and these are hormones and cytokines and neurotransmitters uh, but not only those they also release molecules that control the growth or or death of surrounding bacteria so probiotics themselves release certain types of antibiotics and hydrogen peroxides and certain type of uh, bacterias themselves, which then can help control the growth around them. So this can help um, culture a, a good bacteria gut, or it can also, these certain strains can help kill the bad bacteria by what they they're, themselves are secreting once they're broken down. Huh. Okay, uh, so so they can actually yeah. so once you've once you've introduced these good bacteria into your gut, like they can act, not only just by sheer numbers they they can crowd them out, but but also the the act the action the activity that's happening in your gut also can can overtake and um uh, what is it do, do, do they pulverize? Do you poop it out? Do they die? What do you know? Do you have any idea what happens specifically? I, I'm not sure how that looks like. It'd be great to have a video of that. Yeah, wouldn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah, but but I yeah, I guess it's it. We're everything is moving all the time. There's there's all constant regeneration and and change and and flux of different things going on. Not not only at a cellular level in the entire body, but especially in the gut too. Yeah, so these probiotics are are secreting these beneficial chemicals that then affect the probiotics around them, but also, you know, affect your brain and, and your hormones and things like that. Um, the, one of the main actions of probiotics is how they control inflammation. And, you know, we know that kind of the root cause of almost every disease is inflammation. Um, and, and even just brain fog, you know, is linked to inflammation. So 
probiotic, your gut has a major role in controlling your immune system and your inflammation response. And these are through these, these pro-inflammatory or anti-inflammatory cytokines that, that probiotics produce or reduce the expression of inflammatory things. So the gut is really where the whole body's inflammation system and immune system is controlled. Right. And I don't think that I don't think that that's common knowledge yet. Do you? No, I don't think any of this is called common knowledge. Yet. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. We're, we're, you're right. <laughs> because there's so many different types, right? There's so many different different strains that do different things, um, which obviously is it leads into the development of the product. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of Pandora's box. You know how many. How many variations of lactobacillus are there? You know, hundreds, thousands. I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be thousands, right? Um, yeah. So, so we can get into developing the product, which was a long road, but it, <laughs> it needed that. It needed to happen because there's such a complex thing, probiotics, and and they're really they're, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Yeah, I, I'm uh, curious. I'm curious. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm but, I'm because I because I know that you are. I mean, every day you are constantly looking for, um, for for ways to develop products that that help people. Do you remember the like the like how long ago you thought you know what we've got this prebiotic product, you know it's got these ingredients in it. Uh, was it back then when you when you started to look into the development of uh, of a probiotic product? I've been looking at probiotics for probably two years. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I first wanted, I was looking at doing a, a spore product, probiotic spores. And most people, this is completely foreign and it sounds scary, but a lot of probiotic supplements on the market are SBOs, uh, soil-based organisms, or sometimes they call them HSOs, hemiostatic soil organism. Um, simply, these are spores. So a probiotic spore, if you think about it, is like a seed. It has this hard protective shell on the outside. Now, these are great from a manufacturing perspective because they're extremely stable. You know, they're they're very hardy. It's it's hard to break them down. Uh, heat, humidity, you know, doesn't really matter. These are going to survive. Um, but when I started doing more research into it, I found that. Probiotic spores are not considered normal human flora, and there's not many studies at all supporting the specific spore strains that are commonly used and human health. So a lot of probiotic spores, soil-based organisms, um, they were using an animal feed. So there's some studies on some animals, um, but these are probiotics that are you know, found in dirt. And the, the kind of claim is that, you know, human used to eat more dirt and uh, even vegetables and stuff was, were dirty and you consume some of these probiotics. But um, th these are not normal human flora. And some of the strains used have been shown to actually be harmful. Because they're so hardy, they can become opportunistic and overgrow. Oh. Uh, so be, that's the main problem that I see with probiotic spores is because they're so strong and hardy, there's a good chance that they can 
overgrow. And once they overgrow and kind of take over your gut, it's really hard to eliminate. Um, so one probiotic spore product that people may have heard of is called Primal Defense. Um, this is a really popular product. And I actually have um, a good amount of respect for this product because they had several spore strains in there and they actually took one out. Um, I think last year they took a strain out of their formula, uh, Diphtobacterium lynchinformis. It's a specific spore strain that some companies use and it's been shown to be detrimental. It's not good for you at all. Um, so props to Primal Defense, they took that out of their product. Um, another very common probiotic spore product is called Prescript Assist. Many people have, have heard of this one or maybe have taken it. And this one has several different unstudied opportunistic spore strains that have the potential to cause some damage. Um, so if, if there's probiotic strains in a product that don't have human studies connected to them, I would stay away with it. Right. Duh. Um, but spores are, are popular in the supplement market because, like I said, they're they're very shelf-stable. They're very hardy. They're easier to, to produce and store and ship and everything like that. So, Does that drive the price down, Roy, and does that make them cheaper? Yes, these are cheaper. That's And that must be part yeah. of it, too, if they're more accessible for people. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, you're not going to see this on the front of a label. It's not going to say spores on it. Uh, ah. you know, it will probably say on the supplement facts, SBO or HSO somewhere. And that sounds for soil-based organism. These are spores. And um, see, so it's kind of tricky. You, you, they're not going to advertise this on the front. Okay, so th that's kind of one class of probiotics. The other class is traditional probiotics. And these are probiotics that most people are familiar with. They are spray dried. So they, they grow these cultures, these probiotic strains, and then they spray dry them onto a carrier which is typically maltodextrin or dextrose or some sort of sugar source. Um, and so traditional probiotics are extremely sensitive to heat. They have a nine-month half-life at 40 degrees. So 40 degrees is about what it is in your refrigerator. Normal probiotics, half of the cultures in that product will be dead at nine months. And that's if you know, you, you, it wasn't exposed to any sort of heat when it was shipped. It wasn't sitting on your front doorstep for six hours. This is if it was stored at perfect 40 degree temperature ever since it was manufactured, hmm. which we know is rarely the case. Uh, you know, especially now in the summer, if we're shipping product from our manufacturer on the East Coast to the West Coast and we're not using a refrigerated truck, which is super expensive, um, likely is that that probiotic is going to be dead by the time you get it. Huh. Um, so traditional probiotics, if it's a normal probiotic, it should be shipped in, you know, a, one of those cool cooler bags, freezer bags, put it immediately in the fridge and you have to be, they're very fragile. Um, but traditional probiotics, spray dried probiotics, you can find the biggest, the, the most amount of strains available uh, are traditional spray dyed probiotics the the you're saying like the product the products that are most common that people are going to be thinking about are sprayed sprayed like that so th these are ones that you'll find in the refrigerator at, at your health food store got it um but 
you know, that's that's a problem too. Is you you'll see problem products on Amazon and and even at your health food store that should be refrigerated that are just sitting there on the shelf, and it, it's going to be dead by the time you take it home. So that's and. It, so the other type of probiotic strains are freeze-dried. And that's what we're using in this product, uh, our new brain biotic product. So freeze-dried, they go through that traditional process of, of culturing these strains, but then they use this technology at the end of the production where they freeze-dry it, and this eliminates all the moisture and keeps the bacteria intact and shelf-stable. So freeze-dried probiotic strains are able to withstand normal room temperature, 70 to 75 degrees, that's not gonna degrade the product. And we have a normal shelf life, two years. Um, huh. So freeze-dried probiotics do you know, slowly degrade over time, but there's, they're very well protected from this freeze-drying process post-production. Uh. Um, there's not many manufacturers that do this. It is more expensive, but uh, you know, as a small company, we don't have the resources to have refrigerated storage and refrigerated shipping. So I, I wanted to use specific strains, so I, I wasn't gonna use spores and I found negative problems with the spores. So then I figured out that there was this freeze drying process where we can make probiotic strains shelf stable. Without, without having to spray them on sort of like a, you know, a sugar or a corn sort of base, right? Yeah, there is some, a carrier with freeze dried probiotics, but much less of a carrier. Right. Um, so for traditional probiotics, in the past, they're, they're spray drying on maltodextrin or dextrose. And a lot of the times, that carrier is not even listed on the label like it should be. Huh. Uh, now, the more respectable brands are using like a prebiotic fiber or something, a, a more healthy substrate for that carrier, um, which is great because then you can have some, you know, uh, a prebiotic and a probiotic that work well together and, and you can have, you know, inulin or, or some healthy thing, even if it's just potato starch is going to be a lot healthier than maltodextrin or dextrose. Yeah. As a, as a carrier, there is some flexibility with certain manufacturers. You can kind of choose your carrier, but uh, there's not that many options for that as well. So to, so, thing, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, just keep, keep, keep telling us about sort of what's out there now, because I think that what you're getting at is, Hey, this is what's typically out there. This is what's available to you now. Yeah. Just keep going. This is good. Right. So most people don't even understand that probiotics, probiotics, right. But so first there's three different types of probiotics in the manufacturing world. So this is the spores or traditional spray dried and then freeze dried. So first, you know, you need to get an understanding of what am I taking? You know, how is this produced and how do I need to store it? Um, but the biggest thing that, that I want to focus on is that CFU count culture forming units is how probiotics are measured. Doesn't really matter. So there, there's been a huge marketing push over the last five years and companies are, are fighting to, you know, how much probiotic can I push into one supplement? And I've seen, uh, 50 billion. I've seen a. I've seen a hundred billion. I've even seen a trillion um, people claiming that they have a trillion CFUs in in this supplement. When studies have found that a, a typical effective dose, it depends on the strain, but a typical effective dose is like one billion CFUs. Uh, so there's, there's there's no rhyme or reason that a hundred billion is going to do more for you than 
10 billion. And so this kind of debunks everything that has been going on and it brings it back full circle, full circle where the focus needs to be on the quality of the specific strains and what they do in your gut. You know, not just total CFU count. That really does not really matter. Um, you know, if you just had a dose of antibiotics, you do want to take a high dose of probiotics for a little while. But, you know, in general, for a normal, healthy person, like I said, you know, just one, two billion CFUs is, is plenty. You don't need a hundred billion or a trillion. It makes sense, right? You know, like if, 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 if you, it's like more is better. I mean, that's, it's like uh, my gut needs, you know, I know the probiotics are important and this one's got, well, this one, I'm looking at two different bottles at my health food store and one says, Hey, this one's got, this one's got a, a hundred billion. This one's got a hundred, 150 billion. Well, sweet. I'll, I'll do the one with more, but it's, it's sort of a, it's a, it's misleading. You want to look at what strains they're using. And right. if they're just going after these massive CFU counts, they're likely just stuffing cheap, potentially harmful strains in there to get the CFU count. They're obviously not going to pick the most ex expensive strains, uh, you know, to put in there. Right. Uh, so just with any supplement, it, it all gets back to what are the ingredients? What are the specific strains that's used in this? So that's what people need to, to focus on. The CFU count... I'll say it doesn't really matter. You know, it does matter in some cases, but what really matters is the specific strains. So how you look at a, a probiotic strain is there's the genus, there's the species, and there's the strain. The genus would be the lactobacillus or the bifidobacterium are the two main common ones. The species would be the next word that you see. So this would be like uh, brevis or planetarium or cassia. And then the, the strain is the next word or the next number or numbers and words that come after that. And so this is the specific strain of that species of probiotics. And so you really have to go down to the strain level. Um, I found a study showing that Lactobacillus planetarium 299V was shown to effectively reduce IBS, whereas Lactobacillus planetarium MF1298 was shown to worsen IBS. <sighs> So oh, man, it's you have to pay very close attention. You can't just take, oh, this is Lactobacillus planetarium. What strain of planetarium is this? Because that might have an impact on what it's doing in your gut. I I want to I want to jump in because I think that for the for the average consumer, it's overwhelming to think, what am I going to know the difference between Lactobacillus planetarium two ninety nine V and Lactobacillus planetarium CF two one five like never mind I'm good I'll I'm I'm out I, I don't want to deal with that I can't I can't process that like that 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 stuff that's that's enough to make even even a really discerning um, uh, person and consumer just sort of sort of uh, fry their brain and and forget about it. It's a little bit scary to think about. Yeah, you, you have to, you, you need to be taking specific strains for specific benefits. And it's, you, you could be trying to fix IBS and you could be taking a probiotic because that's the thing to do and you might be taking the wrong strains. So there's, and like we said, studies are coming out every day linking specific strains to specific benefits, but already um, I'll, I'll list out a short list of conditions that have very clear human studies showing specific strains that are benefiting those conditions. Cool. Yeah. So 
irritable bowel syndrome, uh, constipation, skin problems, uh, diarrhea, mood, memory, oral health, um, ulcers, weight management, cholesterol, allergies, uh, women's health, vaginal health. These different conditions or benefits have specific strains that are useful for those. So, and these are kind of the main areas that the study has, the science has been behind so far. But, you know, this list is gonna become infinite of, you're gonna, if you're gonna have, if you're wanting to take a probiotic for this condition or for this benefit, you need to find the strains that fit. And how does, I mean, and how does one find, how does one find the strains that fit? Is there like a cheat sheet or something? Well, that that's the thing is the industry hasn't quite caught up. So there are a few condition specific probiotic products out there, but there's there's not that many yet. So this is the future. Um, you're going to see a probiotic product that is for each one one of these conditions. Uh, you know, a specific something on the shelf. This is a, a probiotic for oral health. Uh, you'll see that in the next couple coming years. Whereas in the past, it's been, yeah, probiotics are great for your oral health. But now we know that it's it's only certain strains that are doing this. Um, yeah, so so when we went to develop a probiotic specific to brain health, we really wanted to foster and take support this brain health connection. How can we change the microbiome in your gut to set yourself up for the healthiest, most productive brain? That's why we tried to create BrainBiotic. Which strains can we use that have the most science supporting the benefit to the brain? And so, so yeah, we, we've we figured out four specific strains. Um, now, when I was getting quotes for this product, I would tell the manufacturer, hey, I... I want to create a probiotic for brain health. Here's some of the strains that I'm thinking about, right? So I had kind of a bigger list and I narrowed it down. The first couple quotes I got from manufacturers were completely shocking. So they, they sent back a quote and 70, 80%, it was 10 different strains. 70, 80% all came from two or three strains. There were some strains in there that they suggested that we put 1% in the formula. And I'm thinking, you know, why would I want just 1% in this formula? It's not an effective dose. And I asked, I said, why would you only put, why would you put 70% of this one strain and 1% of another? And it, it's like, oh, that, that strain's expensive. So you probably don't want to use very much of it. <laughs> they chose for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this is extremely common. If you see almost all probiotic products are proprietary formulas. So we know it's a pretty big problem in the supplement world, proprietary formulas, but in the probiotic world, almost every product out there is a proprietary formula. So they'll say, this is whatever, 100 billion CFUs, and these are the strains that are in the product. But just like we know for proprietary formulas for regular supplements, it's likely that they're going to use the cheapest strains is the majority of the product and the more expensive strains are maybe as less as you know, little as 1%, they're not doing anything for you. They're just on the label because they, you know, it's supposed to be good for you or whatever. And they want to have it in the product, but it's actually not in the product. So 
I'll, I will be bold and I'll say 85% of probiotic supplements on the market, even though they say there's 10, 15 strains in there, there's probably only two or three strains that make up 80%, 90% of that formula. So again, which strains are they using? Um, you really need to look at that. There was uh, a recent study showed how much of a problem there is in the industry right now. And I think a lot of this stems from lab tests can't, I think the science is almost there, but it's really expensive. Labs, traditional labs cannot test the difference between strains. So if we're gonna send our product to a lab, they can't test for the individual strains. They, all they can test for is the total CFU count. So a lot of these supplement companies you know, th th even if someone tested their product, wouldn't be able to tell that they were only using 1% of a certain ingredient, certain strain. Well, well, hang on. How does that work then? How do you, how does anyone, how does anyone know if it can't, if it can't be tested? It's crazy, right? Um, there, I have seen one lab that is starting to differentiate between strains, but the tests are super expensive. They're still prohibitive. So it's not the science there's no way to validate what's going on with probiotic supplements. I found a study showing that one out of 17 commercial probiotic products matched the label claims. 16 out of 17 did not match their label. Nine of these 17 products contained a bifidobacterium species that was not listed on the label. 12 of these 17 strains, 17 products had strains, uh, were missing strains that were on the label and four had strains that weren't even on the label. So it just shows you that the majority of the products out there um, really don't even have the strains that they say they have. And I think a lot of this stems from no one, no one can validate it. You can't really test it. And, and, and that's, that's why there's shenanigans is because it can't be, you can't buy it. You know, consumers not, a consumer's not going to test it. And if it's not tested and you can't actually see the strains, then it's filled with all sorts of weird stuff. It's dude, it's, it's, it's aggravating. I mean, it's aggravating to know, you know, if somebody's going to the, going to the effort to, to purchase a probiotic, uh, that, that, um, either whether it's to help IBS or, or chronic inflammation or, uh, you know, colitis or whatever or anything something like that they go to the, all this effort and then it's just a bunch of bullshit in there like that that's that it's i don't know it's it's super unethical right i mean i don't know it's, it's yeah it's it, that's so that's one of the problems is you can't really test individual strains another problem is how probiotics are labeled in general and so most companies will say on the supplement facts or underneath it, they'll say at time of manufacture. So <laughs> this, this protects the manufacturer completely where they can say this is 100 billion CFUs at the time of manufacture. So this is not accounting for uh, the shipping, the time it's spent on your doorstep, uh, you know, your storage conditions. So any product that says at time of manufacture, I wouldn't really trust because they're not claiming that this product is alive by the time you get it. So last year, um, some people came up and said, hey, you know, we need some more clarity in the probiotic labeling world. So the Council of Responsible Nutrition and the International Probiotics Association 
they came together and they created this new guidelines. It's still voluntary guidelines. No one's enforcing this, but this is how probiotics should be labeled is what they came up with with these guidelines. And what they say is that the stated number of CFUs must reflect how many CFUs are still viable at the end of the claimed shelf life. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So they're starting, they're, they're beginning to try to put some parameters to, to protect people from, f- right. from those. Yeah. Okay. This, this is how probiotics should be labeled. If, if you have a probiotic product at home, uh, this is, this is the honest thing to do from a manufacturing perspective. This is the number of CFUs that are still in this product at the claimed expiration date. So if someone says, hey, this, this product expires in two years, it should have that same amount of probiotics that it says on the label at the end of that two years. So that's how it should be labeled. And, and typically companies, honest companies that are doing this, they will simply just overstuff the product. So it have quite a bit more CFUs uh, to account for that degradation, the normal degradation over the, exp- over the shelf life. Huh. Well, leave it up. Leave it to you, man. I mean, we've this is a this is a this is a pillar of natural stacks is um, to go to this extra effort to make sure that it is you're getting what you're paying for. You're actually you actually know how much of what is in the stuff you put in your body, and it seems simple, and it seems just like a no-brainer ethics thing for 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 you and and for natural stacks as a whole but yet it's just not it's not done kudos man (laughs) thank you yeah and you know our product uh, total in one serving is six billion cfu and a normal person on the shelf might see one that says 150 billion you know and just gravitate towards that so we're trying to put the education out there that more is not better what are the strains in that product and so I mentioned before, there there are common, cheap filler strains that companies use to hit these high CFU counts. Um, and some of these filler cheap strains have actually been shown to cause some problems. And I would say they're like neutral at best in terms of improving gut function. Um, so a couple of them are lactobacillus cassia, lactobacillus uh, retiri, I think that's how you say it. And lactobacillus bulgaris are three strains that have been shown to produce histamines. Histamines can kill good bacteria. Um, Not everyone is is super sensitive to histamines, but some people have um, a histamine intolerance. And these specific probiotic strains can really mess with them. Um, So if you're taking a probiotic and it's, it's not doing something for you, or it potentially is making your symptoms worse, it could be that it's stuffed with, with lactobacillus cassia, which is one of the most common cheat filler strains that isn't really doing anything for your gut and in some cases can be producing histamines and doing damage. So you definitely want to look at what strains are in there. Um, so for our product, Brain Biotic, we're only featuring four strains because we wanted to focus on the strains that have the most science supporting the brain health. Uh, there are a couple other strains that have some emerging science for brain health, but these specific strains have pretty robust science supporting 
what they do for the gut brain excess and how they do what they do for brain health. So the strains that we found are Lactobacillus helvictus with bifidobacterium long gum. Now those two strains together have been are used in multiple studies. So that's why I'm mentioning those two together. And those are mainly for mood and stress relief, um, relieving mild anxiety or um, how you respond to stress. That's what we talked about earlier. These probiotics have been shown to change your response to stress. So these two strains in specific are for mood and stress relief, putting your brain in, in the right state. And then Lactobacillus planetarum has been shown to improve memory and Lactobacillus brevis has been shown to increase BDNF production. And so BDNF is, is good for just building healthy neurons and healthy brain cells. So these four strains are the most studied strains for brain health and the dosages that we're using in our product match the exact dosages in the studies. So that's super important too, is, you know, it's not only what strains are you using, but are you getting the right dosage of that strains backed by science? Yeah. And is it still going to be in there in, in six months? Um, when you, when you go to take it, you know, is it, is it going to laugh? Yeah. Right. So, so we're using a freeze drying technology, which, which alleviates a lot of that fear. It's, you know, they're still pretty fragile. Freeze dried probiotics are, are sensitive to humidity in general. Sure. So, so we're using, that's because they, you know, the freeze drying removes all the humidity. And once you add that humidity back, then you get like a, a normal fragile probiotic. So we're using a glass bottle. We're using a vacuum seal on that glass bottle to do everything we can to, to eliminate any moisture. So again, we're, we're guaranteeing that we're going to have 6 billion CFUs at the two year expiration date for this product. Yeah. So let's just say you live in, uh, you know, Florida, um, would you still maybe want to put this in your fridge? Will it hurt it if you put it in your fridge? No, no. Storing in your fridge is, is always a good idea, even with freeze dried probiotics. And that's because the humidity is very low in your fridge and it's a stable temperature. Right. Right. So that's if, especially, yeah, if you live somewhere in the South or somewhere with high humidity, keeping it in the fridge is a good idea because if it's, if it's in your drawer and it's closed, it's going to be completely fine. But if you're opening it on a daily basis and humidity is getting into that bottle, that's going to degrade it faster. Right. So yeah, if you're in, if you live somewhere with high humidity, you have to be careful of that. Right. And yeah, so, you know, probiotics in general, everyone knows probiotics, kimchi, sauerkraut, fermented vegetables, yogurt. But the thing about that is, and specifically with yogurt, some people don't do well with yogurt, and that's because yogurt is almost 100% lactobacillus, okay? So normal, ah. your gut has a healthy balance of bifido and lacto, and if this, you should look for this in a supplement too. You don't want to take a supplement that's only lacto or only bifido because you can have this thing where it, it can overgrow. You know, uh, too much of, of one of those strains can overgrow and cause problems. So you do want a balance of lactobacillus and bifido. That's one of the problems with, with yogurt is that it's mainly this lactobacillus cassia strain that's in yogurt. And cassia has been shown to produce some histamines sometimes. Um, so that's why some people, you know, probiotics, I mean, yogurt, they do pretty well with yogurt, but some people really, it's not good for their gut. And that's because they probably have a histamine intolerance and this you know, this overgrowth of lactobacillus is, is sensitive on their gut. 
Sure. Yeah, well, and, and lots of people have sort of dairy dairy sensitivities too. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm making the point that, you know, hey, you want to take probiotics, maybe just eating kimchi or, or sauerkraut might not be enough because those um, – I need to look up what specific strains are in those, and I, I'm sure it does vary. But um, those may not be the specific strains that, that you want based on, on what you're trying to achieve. Right. Right. Well, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the breakdown of lacto, lactobacillus, lactobacillus planetarum, two billion, lactobacillus helveticus, two point seven billion, lactobacillus brevis, one billion, bifidobacteria longum, point three billion, and so that that is based on your, uh, based on your tinkering and, and expertise and research, and <laughs> I'm sure, well, two years of 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 trying to get it get to to, to get it just right. That is that is the most optimal for um for your for for brain right yeah and so those dosages are the exact dosages found in studies and that's where we found those we didn't just put random amounts in there uh those are what's backed by studies and you know it doesn't have to be a an even amount of lacto with an even amount of bifido my point was just it you need to have both um and you don't want to just totally infiltrate your gut with one type of strain right so this is for everybody. I mean, I mean, we all need, because I the way that I picture this is right. You know, if, however, however, a consumer of the natural sex products finds their way uh, to purchase these products. Um, everybody needs uh, additional probiotics in their diet, and and so no matter what you're doing in your life you need you need you need probiotics and these are are proven and researched and formulated to work so like this this really should be added to everybody's to everybody's order whatever they're doing on natural sex whatever sort of products that they that they purchase they should be including uh the brain biotic in it right it definitely can benefit everybody these specific strains help your brain health and we're all after improving our brains these strains are going to put you in the best situation to improve your brain. Uh, these support your gut-brain access. They're going to make sure that your gut and brain are communicating healthily. And um, these strains are going to have the biggest impact on your brain health opposed to just random probiotic strains. Um, so you, you could take our brain botic with a different type of probiotic. It's, uh, you know, th there's no harm in in taking a, a probiotic for women's health and also taking a probiotic for brain health. Um, but, you know, it's the same thing. You want to be careful with what strains you're taking. So you want to avoid these, these cheap histamine producing strains. Um, you, you don't want all of lacto, you don't want all of bifido. Um, you also, you know, spores, probiotic spores, you kind of have to be careful with. So really with any supplement, it's, it's best to, you know, take it on its own and, for a week or two, make sure you know how it reacts to your body before introducing other things to go along with it. But there really shouldn't be any sort of problem combining these probiotic strains with other probiotic strains. Right. Well, and and like like it says, you know, on the bottle. So it's a uh, the this the the bottle is, you know, you sell we sell a thirty capsule or a ninety capsule, and it's and it's one to two a day. So taken, you know, taking one of these a day. 
Um, you know, is this the type of thing, you know, like the serotonin brain food or the Siltep where you can actually like sort of feel it start to come on after 20, you know, 15, 20 minutes, or is it the type of thing that you just, you, you maybe don't notice at all, but you just know it's doing its thing. You know, I've, I've already had a few emails, some feedback of people taking this product that had some immediate benefit and that, but I think it's going to be pretty slight. These particular customers said that they felt a sense of calm and focus and joy after taking BrainBiotic. And, and those are the right responses. Those are the things that, that we're targeting with BrainBiotic. But I think in general for most people, um, it's not like Siltep that you're going to, boom, feel it in 20 minutes. This is definitely doing something for you. Probiotics in general should be taken regularly over time so that your gut bacteria has time to change its balance, its makeup. And this usually doesn't happen after one dose. It takes a few doses of regularly taking these good probiotics to, to then crowd out these bad probiotics and, and different the balance in your gut. Typically, this is not going to happen in, in one dose. Well, and, and you know, I'm just, I can't help but read, pull up the product on, on the site and read the review, you know, like read one of these reviews. Um, this, this guy who, who purchased it said that he's been taking, um, he, I won't name them, um, but they, he, they've been taking other probiotics for years now. And, um, and after four days, um, uh, very focused, slight feelings of mood improvement. I mean, like that's, that, that must feel so, that must feel, I mean, you knew that was coming Roy because you, you, you helped create it, but that must feel really good to know like, okay, good. This is a focused and mood improvement. Like that is it. That's, that's, that's the key. Yeah. I mean, it's always awesome to get, get positive feedback like that, that, you know, that it makes us feel good, really good. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on someone feeling a, a profound impact on one dose, but they might after, you know, a week or a month. Right. And we're not, we're again, we're not, we're not, we're not ever making definitive claims. We're just saying like, this is what somebody said about it, which is that that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the, the coolest thing, the coolest thing is that, you know, you can take specific probiotics that then have this effect in your gut that then change your makeup in your brain. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I would, I would, I would, I would wonder what sort of, uh, what the, uh, how the, how these people's guts were before they started taking it. Like what was, what was their state of their, of their gut flora before they started to take it and that, that had these, that had these noticeable reactions. Um, I'd be, I, I'd be kind of curious. Um, uh, it, yeah, sort and, of, and you touched on it before is that I think the absolute future, you know, and maybe this is 25 years out, but doing a poop test and seeing the exact strains that are in your gut at that time and then having a custom probiotic that fills in the strains that you need to either combat the negative strains that you have or help to just promote a, a, a brand new gut flora in that way. But it's everyone's different. Everyone has a different gut. Everyone has been exposed to different foods and environmental conditions. So uh, everyone kind of needs slightly different things. But the four, the only the four strains that we're focused on, you know, have significant science showing their benefit for the brain. So I think it can help everyone, but everyone is so their gut makeup is so much is so different that, um, you know, without doing a a, a gut test, it's going to be hard to really dial down exactly what's going on in there. Right. 
this obviously begs the question for you know if uh, if if brain biotic you know is there going to be a muscle biotic and an eye biotic and a you know other biotics that we can look forward to roy perhaps perhaps <laughs> um, you know brain we're almost everything we do is focused on brain health and so this is most important to us um and so but yeah we'll see you know you hit the nail on the head. If we were going to do another probiotic, it would definitely not be just a standard probiotic. We would do it for a condition because that's where all the science is going. Specific strains for specific conditions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to push further and we did not, you know, we, this is, this is all off the cuff, but, uh, um, any, uh, anything else that we can look forward to, uh, this summer, you know, by the time people hear this, you know, there's, there's, this is going to be available. Um, and we're going to give them a special offer on it, but, uh, are there any other, any other products coming down the pike that, uh, that you're excited about from natural stacks? Always new products coming down the pipeline, <laughs> uh, but, uh, probably nothing for the rest of this year. Yeah. So it's, it's too early for me to to give hints, but we may have another product coming out uh, early next year. Takes time. Takes it's in some cases a couple of years to get to get it just the way you want it. There's a chance that we might be able to hit a new product in, in Q4, but um, there's really no rush. And um, yeah, yeah, we know we're in general we released quite a few new products over the last few months. We've got the new Magtech drink. We've got Eye Defense. We have uh, Siltep in the to-go form, and so we've we've been busy um yeah we've been busy yeah 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 you have it's fun it's fun uh it's fun to touch base with you guys um at the offices here in seattle and uh it's just uh every time i every time i pop in there's there's something exciting happening or some some new development or some new innovation or or a product that you're working on, you know, and, and, and kudos on the other products too, you know, the silt up to go and the, and the MagTech drink. Uh, it's the, the MagTech drink is delicious. I absolutely love it. And I'm really, I'm, uh, I'm really critical of like powdered drinks and it is, it's really good. It's, I think, I think, I think it's going to be really popular. Yeah. No, thanks. It took a long time to get that flavor right. And it's just that there's only a few, you know, we're just using a little bit of citric acid to have that that lemonade lemonade tartness, and then we have some organic lemon oil and monk fruit extract, and that's it to flavor that product. That's delicious. Uh, but yeah, the, this brain biotic is the one that I'm most excited about. I feel like we're creating a you know whole new category, really. Uh, Probox for your brain. There there are a couple products that feature one or two of these strains but nothing as complete as this for brain health so i i do i feel like we're we're pushing the boundaries we're we're trying to take the lead in you know condition specific probiotics and really focusing on the strains in that product super pumped on this product uh, i do want everyone to try it because of that i want to offer a deal 20 percent off brain biotic we have both a 30 count and a 90 count bottle so if you know this is a good product for you, you can get a, a better deal by getting the 90-count bottle. 20% off using the code BRAIN20, BRAIN20. Use that checkout, 20% off the Brain Biotic products. Awesome. And also, if you buy a three-pack, if you get three bottles, 
we're going to hook you up with a tub of prebiotic plus Brainbiotic and prebiotic go very well together yeah that'll that'll get your that'll get your gut figured out real quick yeah well, Roy, thanks, thanks, man. This is uh, this is an exciting. I'm really excited for this product. I know that um, um, when I talk with listeners and when I interact with uh, with fans of of Natural Stacks and fans of the podcast online, um, just when when the email came out, I got a couple of responses right away um, from people that were really looking forward to this because, again, like you've you've set a precedent. Natural Stacks as a company has set a precedent for. We're going to do things ethically. We're going to tell you what's in it. We're going to we're going to be transparent. It's open source. It's going to be you know each each batch is tested. That that that's just the standard. That's how we do things. And for all of the confusion um, around probiotics, how many billions? How, which strains? How's it preserved? Is it good? You know, is it, is it good in six months? How do I keep it? Like I think that I think that this product is going to be really popular because. There's a there's a level of trust um, that that Natural Stacks has uh, developed with consumers, and so it's not going to be surprising that people turn to uh, to this product for their for their pro- probiotics. So I'm I'm excited for it too. Cheers, thanks, Sean. Yeah, we're we're pumped. I, I do think this will become a a great product for us, and I, I think it's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Well, Roy, thanks for thanks for joining us uh, today on this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. It's been awesome. As always, thanks, Sean. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. As always, show notes, links to articles, explanations, and deep dives into the content based in this episode can be found at naturalstacks.com. The Optimal Performance Podcast is a Natural Stacks original. Our executive producers are myself, Sean McCormick, and Tyson Eldridge. And the OPP keeps rolling on.